Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here on this Wednesday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Plenty of football discussion headed your way as we get you to the evening through your workday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, glad you're with us either streaming live on YouTube, live and on demand there through the Outkick channel, or listening live, perhaps on your drive home, right now to this great radio partner. Chad, the show flying by. If you missed uh, flying by. good conversations with Christian Okoye, uh, Joe Theismann, and Trey Wallace, all of those available through podcasts wherever you download your audio. Uh, on day two, as a truck owner, going well so far. I've started to develop the ability to back into every spot that I'm in. I'm just trying to test myself out. You feel like you're driving I'm a boat? I'm seeing what looks like a really tight squeeze, and yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to test myself, now. and I'm going to try to get into that spot right now and see how close I am, how, how tight you know what I you can haven't cut tried it. yet? What's a that? parking garage. You're screwed. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Not looking for it. I was thinking about like a uh, meeting. We're talking about uh, a pre-show planning uh, football season lunch with uh, us and, and Davey. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm already thinking in my mind about places without parking garages. Can you pick me up? I'll just or, ride in the back of the uh, – I'm going to be in the yeah, uh, in You the could bed be underneath truck. it. You would die, by the way, with the heat outside. <laughs> I really think by the time we got to our destination, you would be dead underneath the, that, the covering of the, the truck bed. But, yeah, I'm starting to get more and more comfortable. Backing into the spots, driving around, just hopping out of the truck. Uh, last night, coaching softball, parked the truck in center field, like where I could oh, see it the entire off. time. <laughs> you know, I just pulled right up into it and parked oh, it facing uh, there. You know, didn't it turn the lights off where I got there, not to blind the, you have the it in your kids pocket, in front you have the of keys me. in your pocket, you're just hitting the alarm every now and then? Yeah, it was just weird when I'd look up, <laughs> and I'm like, whose truck is that? Oh, that's my truck. Wow, okay. Look at that truck out there. Incredible. Hey, parents, check out. I'm, I'm going to see if the... My truck will start here in the uh, bottom half of the final inning. Here. Well, it's w- crazy because where I live, I feel like 75% of the males where I live have a truck. Yeah. So everyone in the park has a truck. I, I was one of, you know, uh, 80 Ford F-150s parked at the, <laughs> the field last night. I had the to dealership. Go, I had to, like, hit the horn to see which one was mine as I walked out there. I didn't even realize. I said, what color truck did I buy? I don't even remember. There's so many of them out there. That's why it's, it fools me when I start walking to my vehicle just how crazy it is. The, the kids love riding in the truck. They, they wanted to oh, ride the game in the absolutely. truck. Um, so, anyway, day two is going well. Just wanted to give you an update. Yeah, we used to have the uh, – well, we still do. It's more of a quiet rivalry currently between Greg Sankey and uh, a big team. It was Kevin Warren, now Tony Petiti. Um, but we still have, you know, a conference-on-conference conference rivalry brewing uh, where Danny White, the athletic director at the University of Tennessee – has had enough of any speculation or rumor slash innuendo that Tony Elliott, now the head coach at Virginia, was Who offered... Tennessee plays yes, uh, in it, Nashville next Saturday. Next Saturday, a week from Saturday, has was offered the job prior to Josh Heupel getting the gig uh, because he was... Uh, Elliott was quoted... And, and was asked about Tennessee, and he's like, I, I consider Tennessee one of the blue bloods of college football and the program. And it goes in to say, 
uh, one of the top tier programs in the country and mentioned it just wasn't the right time, even though I received the offer uh, for him because he was at the OC at Clemson. Well, Danny White, the AD, uh, responds to Zach Reagan at A to Z Sports, who had this, and says, interesting, I don't remember offering. Ignored this the first time. Can't do it again. An interview doesn't constitute an offer. Interviewed several candidates. Offered one. What do you think of Danny White having enough of Tony Elliott? Uh, to me, you ignore it if you never offered the guy. Um, you can't ignore it if you did and he turned you down and now he's the head coach of Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I buy Danny White's side of this story simply because you wouldn't go out on a limb and say that if there was any possible proof or any, uh, any notion that you offered him the job, right, and he got it. This kind of gets into the uh, offer versus official offer. Yeah, there's only one formal offer. Only one formal offer Which is weird that made. the ACC took a vote that was voted down, and now a week later they're doing it again, right? Look, you, I, you, you normally I, only I, have I the like, formal vote one time. I like the honesty of his emotion and opinion on this from Danny White, and he's certainly someone it. who doesn't hold back. And he has gotten a lot of good work done uh, in Knoxville in his short time there as Tennessee's athletic director. No doubt about that. I think it's an interesting play considering they play Virginia. You know, this isn't coming off a, a beatdown of Virginia. They have not played them yet. Yes, Tennessee is a 28-point favorite in that game. It's but, amazing. you know, are you offering bulletin board material for Virginia and Tony Elliott going <laughs> to this game, which is weird. We never offered the Virginia coach. To think about from, uh, you know, from, from an AD. The, the full quote, and this is where, you know, this is from Tony Elliott that he's responding to, not just the first part of it. What if Elliott shows up with an email? Oh, that'd be amazing. He, what out. if he beats Tennessee and starts <laughs> holding up an email with the formal offer on it to all the fans? He says, when I evaluated it, there were a lot of positive things about it. It just wasn't the right time for me. So when it came down to it, I prayed about it and said, I want the Lord to lead me in the right direction that you'd have me to go. So it was close. But at the end of the day, when I looked at the totality of everything, it just wasn't the right time and the right fit for me. I'm happy for Josh Heupel, excited for him and what he's doing there. And then, so Danny White reads that quote and then just comes off the top rope, says, I've heard it once. I, I was silent. I'm only not going to do it again. There was only one offer. Did not offer this guy who we're about to play with Josh Heupel's team, the guy that I hired at Tennessee. And what a I love it. great decision it was. It's worked out well so far. 28-point difference. But what in a moment that would be, Hudson, uh, if, if that Vegas. played out, if uh, Virginia pulled the upset and Tony Elliott's got the formal offer in his hand and he's walking it around to the Tennessee section and showing them the offer that he got. It'd be similar to me winning the Sigma Phi Epsilon Balance Man Award and then having my fraternity when I sign with another one hold up the trophy to them in a fight. And, or just you bring out the plaque. $100 bills. Bring out the plaque, yeah. Which is the which is I think the scholarship. I won a $1,000 scholarship. Chad, for those that are new to the show, Chad won a $1,000 uh, balanced man scholarship from a fraternity it during was, Rush. And then... It was pay for play, and I didn't play. Pledged a different fraternity <laughs> after it was, winning it the It was thousand. total pay for play. I was recruited by this fraternity. I was given a $1,000 scholarship, and I ended up joining a different fraternity. I love it. I love and that. it was straight up pay for play. They, they, I think they wanted me on their their frat flag football team. Well, it's like that they uh, valued very much. It's like well, the the reports that were out in, in the NCAA through the through the uh, investigation with Tennessee. You had Jeremy Pruitt, who uh, I forget the tight end's name at uh, Georgia, who's now in the league. They paid him, and then he ended up going to Georgia. And the questions Darnell are, Washington. Darnell Washington. Yeah. The questions like, oh, uh, so what? I wonder what Georgia paid him. 
Yeah. So I wonder what Sigma Nu paid you. They didn't pay me anything. Uh, cheap beer and cheaper women. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Kidding. They didn't give me any of that. But uh, uh, no, it not was not even a pickup truck. Yeah, it was like uh, I don't know. I I mean, in hindsight, did I make the right decision? <laughs> I mean, if they were willing to give me $1,000 not being in the fraternity, what could I have received from you know them at another time? They uh, In studio, they just pulled up a uh, An old photo, a photo of me at our old radio station. At the, at the zone here. How many headshots have we taken at Outkick? And they go to the depths of this photo? I Is mean, this the better man photo? I don't know. I, I don't know that we did a photo shoot for the, the Balanced Man Award. No. The better Man. Better Man would be better. My Pearl Jam Award, Better Man. I uh, though I was the better. It was the balanced. I was the, the balanced man. man of the year. The Sigma Phi Epsilon Balanced Man Award is is what I won. That should be on you know your lower third yeah. here on the show, Chad. Uh, I, that's not a bad photo though. That's very well. I forget what uh, very what forced, that was for. By the way, the if you if you flash that photo one more time, because yeah. I want everyone to look closely at the phone next to me. Yeah. It's the same one. And I bet that oh, photo is from 2014 That looks 15. like a brand new phone, too. 2015? Yeah. I, I guarantee it's the same phone that I have right here, right now, every day with me. That somehow I have completely tricked the Apple Corporation to not slow down my phone with all the updates. Never are, had an issue with that. You are I, the I'm one. the exception. You're the one. I should get my own show on Apple TV Plus as the one guy who beat the system. It's a real rags to riches story. David versus Goliath. It's Me a relic. versus Tim Cook. And it's I a won. relic. I won because this old phone has not slowed. It's listening to me right now. And the it moment we leave be, this show in less than an hour, I will be slow now. Chad, uh, that photo, your phone, taken around the same time that Corey Davis would have joined the Tennessee Titans as a draft pick out of Western Michigan. Around 2016? Uh, yeah, roughly. Uh, he is, uh, maybe just, maybe it's 2017. Nonetheless, um, he's retiring. He's stepping away from the game. He's Currently, of course, with the Jets after a great season in 2020 where he's the number two wideout to A.J. Brown here in a contract year. He ends up with the New York Jets. Now, it had been speculated that the Jets could potentially cut him uh, based on salary and other things that are uh, currently on the books. Turns out he's just deciding to retire. The quote from Davis through uh, a statement that he put out on social for some time now, I've been contemplating stepping away from the sport of football. The decision has not been easy. Although I am a deep person, I am a man of few words. I've been searching my heart for what to do, and I feel stepping away from the game is the best path for me at this time. I have more blessings than I could have ever imagined. I have an amazing family, beautiful wife, and two healthy children that I look forward to spending more time with. I am truly grateful for all of the opportunities I've had or continue to have on my journey. Thank you to my family and friends and the Jets organization for supporting me through this process. That from Corey Davis. Uh, he's right. He's a, a man of few words. Very good dude all around. And injuries have plagued him. But by and large, I mean, he was set up to put up some other big numbers with Aaron Rodgers. Chad, you had mentioned he's in the recent uh, Hard Knocks episode. or episode. He's got a quick cameo where Very he's brief. reacting to something. Or I, I, I've noticed having You're right. covered Corey. Where he says something. It was episode two, not the most oh, real. Yeah. I did not watch last night's, but episode two, he's he's seen. Yeah, so he's stepping away. Instead of being on the uh, potentially on the waiver wire on August 29th, which is the dead next Tuesday is the deadline for teams to get down to 53, um, he's stepping away from the game and announcing his retirement. Uh, Chad, Chris Collinsworth on uh, Dan Patrick's show 
saying, hey. Uh, Something we've long said. If NBC had its way for Sunday Night Football, Dallas would be on every single week based on the ratings. He's not lying there. I mean, uh, every network wants the Cowboys. The Cowboys equal ratings. Doesn't really matter how the season's going. You're not going to see a Cowboys game Nine times out of 10, 9.9 times out of 10 flexed out if a network has the option because of the millions, like The Rock would say, the millions millions of Cowboys fans or Cowboys haters that tune in to watch them play in primetime under the lights. Yeah, they're the Yankees of the NFL, right? I mean, everybody's got an opinion on them. Most valuable sports franchise here. I do wonder, because I, I thought about the hypothetical that Collinsworth is talking about, and he's right about what network executives would want because of the ratings that the Cowboys get. What if that actually was a reality and they were on every Sunday night football game? Would there ever be a law of diminishing returns in one time slot on one network where people would start to tune them out if they were always on there? But Hutton, this is also, it's funny, their ratings do so well. you got to keep in mind that Thanksgiving ratings are high for all those games. That's a huge day for ratings. They're always in that Thanksgiving game, so that's always going to be one of them. But NBC has one. Yes, that could count. That's there. always going to be one of them, but um, it's funny to hear people complain about the Cowboys are always in the prime time slot in one of those games. Yet they watch. No, and and the ratings dictate that. Here's why it doesn't make sense, though. It makes sense from yeah, NBC would love it. Every network would love it, but the law of diminishing returns would happen on the network TV contracts. Forty percent of the Cowboys games right now, you're allowed. They they've raised it to seven. You can have seven primetime games per year for an individual franchise. And they spread out the wealth across all the different networks and platforms. So Dallas is used as a lure for all the networks to pay a premium price. Even Amazon is guaranteed a Thursday night game with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, It's not just solely on Sunday night football. And that's why the net revenue share over this new 11-year TV contract is estimated to be $110 billion, which is going to be spread out equally for uh, the the $10 billion per season, which ends up being $375 million per franchise, whether you're featured on Sunday Night Football or not. But what you do know is that every network is willing to pay the premium price because they're going to get the premium product. Um, That's the reason why... There's not one network per for, for one team because no one's going to pony up and pay to equal the same amount of money that all the networks are doing for the premium brands. It's not hard to figure out who those are. And they've even raised it to seven, and it used to be five. Now it's seven primetime slots under the lights per season for any individual team. And now you can play two Thursday night games. So I think the money goes up because they spread the wealth not because Sunday night football just doesn't go all in like they any network would to have Dallas in the primetime slot on Sunday night. It's a great point. And even with them not having the Cowboys, obviously, in every game because of the rules, like Collinsworth said they would like to have, it's still the highest-watched television show of the oh. year every year regularly is Sunday night football on NBC. And by doing, with the $110 billion, think about the salary cap, what it's going to do. Players still don't get the uh, vast majority of the pro, uh, of the the money that's brought in on game day. You know, the, from the stadium concession, they don't get any of that parking. 
but they get 49.5% of the $110 billion over 11 years. Yep. Um, and it used to be you're only on a short week once. Now, two weeks' notice, you could be on a short week twice. So maybe it does pay to be, you know, uh, a scrub of the league where potentially you're not on a short week at all. But you get the long weekend. I guess there's benefits to that, too. It can pay to be a scrub. That's, a, that's, <laughs> what, that's what we've learned. Uh, Just ask us. Chad, um, once thought a scrub, third third scrub on a roster, uh, no more, at least for the time being. Reports are Sam Darnold is the backup to uh, the 49ers quarterback situation. Brock Purdy, the, the starter. Yes, Sam Darnold is the backup for the regular season. And Trey Lance is in at three. Let's react to that when we come back because the speculation normally says Darnold won that job. Like, what's the organization thinking? Except this is Shanahan. And number three on the depth chart is the guy he vouched for to trade up and draft. And does it mean that another team could potentially trade for Lance? That's coming up. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up, Davey Hudson's got uh, audio for us of an epic presser from a defense attorney. Looking forward to that. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow across the Outkick Network. I'm interested also in the uh, subject of what the defense attorney is defending because yes. it's a story we've talked about yes. in the past. So this will be good. Chad, a, a story uh, out of San Francisco. San Francisco. So Brock Purdy. Rice Aroni. He's the, he's the starter, right? Uh, Sam Darnold is the backup. That was legit. That whole Darnold looking better than Trey Lance debate. It was like, okay, is this like Richardson and Minshew? Turns out, no. The 49ers are naming Sam Darnold the backup to Trey Lance or to Brock Purdy. Trey Lance is currently third string on a roster that, I mean, have they learned their lesson of only carrying two quarterbacks from a year? I mean, they, they are the reason for the new emergency quarterback rule because we saw that in the playoffs. But also, this brings up the question, is Trey Lance about to get traded? And knowing that he's third string, what's the value in return for Trey Lance? And there's a handful of... I mean, it's not like there are 32 solid starting quarterbacks. But Shanahan, who was waving the flag during the draft and said, hey, you know, off the 2020 season where Trey Lance played one game, uh, hey, the value of what we're trading up to go get, this is our future. And it turns out he may also be waving the white flag here saying Lance is not the future. Brock Purdy is. And Darnold on a one-year contract, he's the backup. I think what they're saying also in doing this is that Trey Lance is just not any good. And that's crazy when you think about what they gave up to trade up and get him 
in the draft and how quickly this has devolved from where he's the starter to start last season. Um, he gets hurt and Brock Purdy plays well. And now he's back from injury, but he must just be bad. That Sam Darnold is the backup now. And I don't know what the, the market would be for him, given that, you know, you've got pretty good offensive coaching staff in San mm. Francisco. I know that's saying what about Trey Lance that they don't think he's good at all. That they're willing to give up on a guy who was drafted where he was this early in his career. And they're giving up on him. If he's legitimately a third-string quarterback, they have given up on Trey Lance. Rappaport is saying uh, they're exploring options with him. The team that comes to mind immediately for me is Arizona. I realize they're in the same division, but if he's your third-string quarterback, what difference does it make? Um, And keep in mind, Kyler Murray's coming off of the ACL. He's not going to be ready for a while. Um, I mean... who they're considering at starter uh, would be a, a fourth or fifth string option in San Francisco. Uh, so no matter uh, what you view Trey Lance as in terms of his ability right now at quarterback, it's an upgrade in Arizona until you get Murray back and then you actually see him on the field. Lance, I'm saying. I don't know anyone else that comes to mind immediately based on quarterback situation, but I mean – Maybe a team wants to upgrade as a backup. I don't know why you care if it's a division opponent if you don't think the guy's very good. Right. I've always fought against that. I get it if it's someone's disgruntled, but you know they're a good player and they want out. I understand why the Colts won't trade Jonathan Taylor to the Jags, as Mm -hmm. an example. You don't want to go interdivision that way because – intradivision, I should say – because you know the guy's good. He just doesn't want to be there anymore. There's something happened with a contract or whatever. But if you've given up on a guy and you've got him third string behind Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy, then trade him to wherever you're going to get the best payback for it. And don't worry about the division. I would, yeah. Because you're already saying the guy's and not good, so if he's low, not good, then why do you care if he plays in the division? Low rate anyway. Davey, what with, else? Well, I was going to say, with him not being at practice today, do you expect to see him in a 49ers jersey again? No. And No, th- that, that's them all but saying they're trading him or trying to. and Taking him off the we, field. We could have this conversation at another date, but this potentially goes down as the worst trade in NFL history if you look at the fact that the 49ers got Trey Lance and the Dolphins were able to turn that into Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Bradley Chubb. Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, the, uh, yes, but see, the other teams that come to mind here, Atlanta with Ritter, the, the, the difference there is they have Ritter, but they also have Taylor Heineke now. And Heineke, we've actually seen have results, and is that he's like he's viewed better than Sam Darnold, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, uh, Carolina, Carolina has Bryce Young, who some believe won't make it through the season, but they have Andy Dalton backing him up. Like there are other options that teams already have. Meanwhile, Trey Lance is being uh, perceived here, and we're seeing it happen right now in confirmation from the 49ers, who didn't trade him during the draft, that he's not even good enough to be the backup to Sam Darnold was on the scrap heap from Carolina. I'm interested to see if there's more to it or if it's just a demand by Trey Lance saying, screw this, before the even final preseason game rolls around, I'm out. Chad, uh, who's the Texans' backup um, behind Stroud? I'm trying to look it up right now. No, it's the – It's Davis Mills? Davis Mills is there, and they also have a third who is – a former quarterback of theirs, I believe, that's back in Houston. But Davis yeah. Mills is the backup. Well, you got to be thinking about that. Case Keenum. Case Keenum, yeah. But There's you got to be thinking about coaching. that. Yeah, his player coach. 
he's Jackie Moon uh, <laughs> in the football. But you got me thinking about that with the rookie quarterbacks. I wonder if Houston could be a possibility to I back up so. to there, back up C.J. Stroud. There, there were proponents of Davis Mills being good enough to start a year ago. Again, like it's uh, it's crazy that Trey Lance is even viewed as good enough to be a backup on some of these rosters as we just spitball here. Again, Arizona to me is the is That's the team a good one. that doesn't have a, 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 even a starter, let alone a backup that would And it's be the better. best opportunity for Trey Lance to prove himself. Yeah. Unless Arizona just wants the top pick. Arizona's which you asking could probably get too even with Murray. Arizona's asking the 49ers one question on Lance. How much does he like Call of Duty? That's the one question I need to know. Because if he doesn't like it at all, that's a, that's a leg up he has on Kyler Murray. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Ryan Clark said what about Tua? Listen in. Five for seven, 61 yards, and an interception. So a rocky start to the game for Tua right there. Tua when they got them tats. Yeah. He did. Full okay. sleeve. Full sleeve. Because I've been hurt, I ain't tough. I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna tell you what he tatted. wasn't doing. He wasn't in the gym. <laughs> he wasn't. I bet you that. Come on, he he wasn't with me. He, he might have spent a lot of time at the tattoo parlor. He was not at the dinner table eating what the nutritionist had advised. Oh, my. Hmm. He looks happy. Okay. He is thick. He thick. Yeah, thick. He's built like girl work at Onyx in Atlanta right now on the bottom. <laughs> There's Ryan Clark on Tua, who has uh, tried to beef up some compared to last year. He's doing the opposite of Russell Wilson uh, from last year in Denver. What show was that? That, that? that happened on? That was on ESPN with it was that I think it was NFL Live. NFL Live. Hmm. Spitballing um, on the uh the size of Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, I like that they called him fat. Just say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that was the I don't I don't know about the the comparison uh to the Onyx. I I've never been to the Onyx Club in Atlanta. The I don't want to based there. on that description. But I mean, like former athletes just saying that it, like I liked that Former athletes usually try to abide by some s- stupid code about, you know what I mean? Like, I oh, I'm not going to, well, yeah. And no one was saying Wilson was fat publicly last year. Right. But, like, you could look and say everybody's so sensitive about it. Like, I get if you don't want to call someone in another line of work fat. But if you're the starting quarterback in the NFL, like, it's okay to say, man, he looks like he's gained some LBs and not in all the right places. <laughs> right? <laughs> Like that, that's, there's plus body weight. That's good. And then there's other like, man, he looks like he's rock solid and bigger now versus like, he looks a little fat. He's training uh, in MMA too. So maybe he could choke out Ryan Clark. Yeah. As well. I mean, I, maybe saying that, comparing him to an Atlanta stripper will spark a fight. Maybe we'll actually see this fight. Unlike Zuckerberg and Musk, because Musk apparently is not serious about it. And Zuck is, but maybe I applaud the fact that Ryan Clark, uh, Called him out and said, yeah, he looks fat. Davey Hudson no issues with joins him. us. It is time for Let's Get Weird. And I wonder if there are fighting words with a certain defense attorney. And five, four, three, two, one, zero. Talking now. Guys, we've talked on multiple occasions about Chiefsaholic. You yes, know, the yes. chief super fan that has been on the run, allegedly robbed a bank. Well, he finally had his day in court this past Friday and uh, that, that's still an ongoing case. Was, it, was on the FBI's most wanted list, right? True. Top, yes. Top five? Yes. Uh, Xavier, I always mispronounce his last name, but Badubar. You nailed it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. But so his attorney, Matthew Merriman, uh, perfect guy for the job, if you ask me. I mean, Chief Saholic, 
a absolute super fan of the NFL and the Chiefs. And here's what his attorney had to say uh, during his press conference following uh, their, their court hearing on Friday. This is not Chiefsaholic's last drive. And he believes, and we believe, that when the final whistle blows and all of the facts are known, that he is going to be redeemed in the eyes of his community, in the eyes of his fans, and in the eyes of the Chiefs' kingdom. The guy looks like he's trying to sell me a Bible door-to-door, uh, -door, first off. The, no. um, that, that press conference sounded like it was AI-generated. Uh, it, it sounded like, remember the high school football story that said close encounter of the athletic kind that we highlighted yesterday when the, the AI wrote it and they tried to make sports puns? Yeah. Are we allowed to play that again? That, yeah. That is what that again. sounded like. Uh, here, here is Chief Zaholic's uh, attorney after the hearing on Friday. This is not Chief Zaholic's last drive. <laughs> and he believes, and we believe, that when the final whistle blows and all of the facts are known, that he is going to be redeemed in the eyes of his community, in the eyes of his fans, and in the eyes of the Chief's kingdom. My redeemer. Redeemed. Also... I not Redeemed his last in the drive. eyes of Chiefs Kingdom. Not his last drive and not that attorney's last part in that toupee either. No, no, not at all. I mean, just thinking of, <laughs> you know he wrote this ahead of time, so he's sitting there, he's like, all right, what football uh, references can I use yeah. for this? And it also reminded me, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but uh, Zach Galifianakis live at the Purple Onion. There's a skit from there where Zach pretends, Zach Galifianakis pretends he's got a twin brother named Seth, and he's like, he broke more than just man's law. He broke God's law, <laughs> Seth's law, Murphy's law, law and order. And it's like, that's just kind of what I pictured whenever I saw this. And I was like, ah, oh, it took me back. Good times. Not his last drive is a great way. He will to be start. redeemed. I'm thinking, like, how will the, how will the Chiefs redeem him? The chi redeemed in the eyes of Chiefs' kingdom, also. In the eyes of the league. It's not just important for him to be redeemed by the law and not go to prison, banks? but he'll be redeemed by the eyes how about of Chiefs' kingdom. the funds kingdom. that right. he allegedly stole? Will they be redeemed in any way? <laughs> well done. Uh, find that, Davey. What's next? Yeah, so uh, actually we're going to stick uh, within the court system, but there was a story that I, I just thought this was, was really interesting. But so a Maine, a Maine man uh, who is 86 years old, he has been convicted. M-A-I-N-E, not M-A-I-N, yes. just to be clear yes. for the listener out there. Yes, uh, 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 th this comes out of, I believe it was Portland, Maine. Portland. Uh, but Napoleon. Great spot. Gonzalez. He assumed his dead brother's identity back in 1965, but his brother died in 1939. And this man has been using that identity to collect Social Security, a bunch of other uh, benefits that he's been taking as far as uh, having passports made. And, and now, I mean, what do you do with an 86-year-old man who's just now like the chickens are coming home to roost here? What got him caught if he's gotten away with this for so long? And how did his brother die? Do we have that information? It was an, it was an infant. It was like his twin brother is an oh, infant. Gosh. Yeah. Because it sounded a little bit like the plot to Mad Men when uh, John Hamm, Don Draper, assumed uh, his war buddy's uh, identity upon him dying in Vietnam. I wonder what this guy did or in to Korea, need to assume actually, his brother's that, identity. That story. The, the other part of it that made it interesting was in his claim, he was saying that he was advised to do so by a government entity. So it's, one, you just believe this at all? Is this some sort of conspiracy theory that's being added to the conversation I really don't know what to make of this because there's there's still a lot you know it's I mean it's from the local news the Press Herald 
up in Maine. So I, I the, yeah, the Portland Press Herald. So there's still more that's coming out on this, but it's just an interesting story where you find like an identity theft situation that's gone that far back into the uh, into making sure that this was happening since 1965. Was this going to tie back to those guys who testified that there are UFOs in some way? Is that the government entity that we're talking about? He was advised to take his brother's identity. Does he know about Area 51? He Okay, here it was. He said uh, the direction what of the... that story, by the way? There, was, there were aliens and UFOs, and then so, that just went away. Go, going back to that, so the government entity, he says, directed him to do this was the Air Force's Office of Special Investigations. So he was abducted, is the claim, or yeah. something happened with that? And while participating in an undercover operation in the 1960s. And this and, man is now 87? Uh, six, yep. Okay. Well, maybe that he'll we be testifying of. before Senate that we know sometime of. soon also. Could also it, be it, the... It could also be a different be another story yeah. that goes away in two days. How did it, they, I want to know how they found it. That's what I actually... I was kind of trying to look at another article to see if they had that because I, I couldn't find it. But, uh, I mean, he was using the passport to get into and out of Maine, or of Canada at times, but... <laughs> this man is younger than Jerry Reinsdorf. <laughs> And tie everything back in full circle to a previous story. Oh, coming up, Chad, uh, what has triggered SEC football programs and fan bases? There's a list that we'll react to. That's next here on Hot Mic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fun show today. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Glad you're with us here on the Outkick Network. Uh, Clay Travis will join us tomorrow. Big thanks to Trey Wallace for joining us today. Also, Christian Okoye, Joe Theisman. If you missed those chats, available wherever you download your podcast audio. Just search out Hot Mike and Outkick. Clay, on his Instagram story, looked like he was playing Carnegie Hall. Yeah, I saw what that. he was doing. It was like a sound check in this nice, like performance theater somewhere. I have no clue what he was doing. It was a Q&A on the I book think, tour somewhere. Yeah. On his book tour. It was pretty impressive. I think he goes live tonight with reaction. Doesn't he? We with will. The uh, I'm sure we'll ask him about it. Chad, uh, some of these, some of these responses on the list, uh, from Saturday down South are debatable. Um, some are not each sec fan base's biggest trigger currently for the football program and let's just roll through these it, 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 uh, we'll read off the responses from saturday down south and then if we have a different one or one that we can debate let's throw it in there and it starts with alabama and the biggest trigger are the officials the referees you agree it's right up there yes it's hard so this is what's gonna be difficult this is great by the way it's awesome terrific job by saturday down south i, it, I think most everyone's going to have the same favorite one yeah. in, in the comedy department on this one, and that is Vanderbilt's with just being sports. All of these are pretty as the trigger. Funny. Some of them are better than others, but with Bama, I mean, this is a very much a football centric. It's got to be because trigger. otherwise, 
Otherwise, so what, it would be Nate Oates and what happened in the basketball program. That would be the biggest trigger. Yeah, I for mean, the fan base. Uh, yes, yeah, Brandon Miller, I think, would be. You just there put you that there, and that'd be the biggest trigger for this fan base. But they're so successful. See, I would change this to it's not necessarily funny, but to me, it would be Kirby Smart is past Nick Saban. That's a great one. I would uh, just put that sentence there and say that would be the biggest trigger to Bama fans. See, I, I, I think, and refs, also they kind of think that. I, I think you, the the things that trigger you the most is what deep down you believe there's a little bit of truth to, or you can't defend, yeah, and can't fight. So then you just get anxious and mad when you hear it. Or, and I think right now, back-to-back national championships, I mean, Nick Saban's the greatest college coach of all time, but you could certainly make that argument that the pupil has become the teacher in the SEC to an the extent. One. He's the chosen one. Refs is a great one. Uh, Gary Danielson's got to be in like the top five, top ten. Gary Danielson could be in there for multiple programs yeah. also. Uh, for Ole Miss, they say Alabama is the biggest trigger. I, I mean, put up or shut up. I, I, how can Alabama be the biggest trigger if, I mean, you're stealing their coordinator and uh, your head coach with the connections there, with the height, with Matt Corral, couldn't go to Tuscaloosa and win, got boat raced. See, I would go with one word on this one. It's not Alabama. Cowbells ah, yeah. would be the biggest trigger to Ole Miss with Mississippi State's fan base. Um, I think the whole uh, race situation historically, if you brought that up to Ole Miss fans, that would be a trigger topic for them. Yeah, or just also, uh, the mascot in general. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, that's good. For the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, Mississippi State academics. I don't think uh, the academic rankings is the biggest trigger. I think it's just one word, Starkville. <laughs> yes. And that's it. I mean, it, if you're ranking Mississippi State low, it's like, oh, Starkville. I don't think of academics first. I think of Starkville, their location. That would be the biggest trigger for Bulldogs fans. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think poor academic rankings. I think Cowtown. <laughs> yes. You know, like if you just want to, if you're going to get in an argument with Mississippi State fan, like, hey, did you, did you milk the cows or did you slaughter them on campus when you were doing that? Because it's very much an ag-centric, middle-of-nowhere place hey. that does not have a lot going on. And both fan and bases right now. I love agriculture. Right this is not hey. me making fun of agriculture. That's just the knock yeah. on Starkville is it's a hole-in-the-wall, nothing place in the middle of Mississippi. Chad, maybe you would make the list for both Ole Miss and Mississippi State because you left them out of the NFL of college football 32 list. Didn't hear from a lot of them, though. I think they kind of know their place. <laughs> I really think it's two fan bases. <laughs> I, I applaud self-awareness. And if you're self-aware enough not to bitch at me, about yeah. my list and knowing that you probably don't belong, then I, I hats off to you. The Florida I, Gators. I can say nothing bad to you when you, you're aware of that. Uh, maybe the biggest trigger would be the uh, Swamp Kings, if Untold actually did what Untold claims to be doing uh, with the series Swamp Kings. Um, I don't want to make a murder pun here, but the biggest trigger is Aaron Hernandez. Well, and that that's the just saying the name is the trigger. That, just right? Aaron Hernandez would be the biggest trigger. Yeah. I don't think shoe throw. Shoe throw is the answer when in response I, uh, that's here. not that's not one of the bigger moments in in Florida history. Or, Jean shorts. Maybe? I'll, I'll give you another triggering uh, topic for them. Urban Meyer heart attack. There, that's it. Urban Meyer health episode. Or Aaron Hernandez. Uh, this is one that's not good by Saturday Night South. I should have written the, this one for them. LSU. Uh, fan base biggest trigger is Ohio State claiming Joe Burrow. 
I still think it's corn dogs. That corn LSU, dogs. LSU fans smell like corn dogs. The greatest insult in college sports <laughs> is that I found out about this like 15 years ago for the first time, and I could not stop laughing. Yeah. Auburn fans claim that LSU fans smell like corn dogs. And they talk about corn dogs every time they play LSU and get around them. That's one of the greatest college insults of all time. <laughs> so I'm with you, Hutton. Corn dogs is way better than Joe Burrow being claimed by Ohio State. Uh, is Missouri's correct that they don't belong in the SEC? Yeah. I think any uh, Missouri's another one I didn't hear a lot from about not being in the 32. Well, not so yet. So they, they know their place also. Drinkwitz, when he hears about this, will let everyone know. Right? Yeah, I think... So and more power to him. Missouri also has the benefit of, while they have not been great in the SEC, when they came in, they won the first two SEC East divisions they took That's part fair. in uh, with Gary Pinkle. So they, they came out like gangbusters, and they faded since, but they'll always have that on, on their I side. I mean, maybe, again, like just thinking about the, what the fan base... Michael Sam comes to mind. That yeah. would be the other one. If we're going to point out the mascot at Ole Miss... That's the response uh, at Missouri. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina, uh, here they have any discrediting to Willie B. That's Williams Bryce Stadium. I, is that accurate, Chad? I give Williams Bryce Stadium a ton of credit for the atmosphere they create, despite where I view South Carolina in my SEC rankings of best atmospheres. Yeah, I would think more Clemson. On game day, I'm saying. Uh, Clemson, just one word with that. I think some sandstorm slander might be but uh, love, triggering. But, but it's I all over social, though. I don't see a ton of... I don't, I don't think about the cockabooses. <laughs> Do people make fun of that? That's kind of a weird thing. They play they into their, and, they play and, into and their name, though, on, on merch. You know? I don't hear a lot of uh, bashing of, of williams Bryce Stadium. I, I feel like of the SEC programs, you co you commonly hear two of the more underrated football fan bases would be South Carolina and Kentucky. Yeah. I think Kentucky, known as a football school, we'll get to them, but it's kind of an underrated football fandom there as well, an environment at times. Not always great, but sometimes really good. Rolling through. South Carolina, most of the time, really good, the environment in that uh, stadium. A, a funny exercise here. The SEC fan base's biggest triggers through uh, Saturday Down South. Uh, Texas A&M. Buying recruits. Oh, yeah. That's definitely that's it. it. It was Texas. Yeah. And now it's buying. That's it. It's Saban. Buying recruits and Saban. It, it's it's the, the combo of that. There's the cocktail mm -hmm. involved. It's not just buying recruits, but it's that Nick Saban would dare to talk about buying recruits because Nick Saban has bought recruits before. And if it wasn't Nick Saban, it was boosters or people in his program as I've long said, you know, Jeremy Pruitt probably didn't learn how to cheat when he got to Knoxville as a head coach. He worked at Alabama for a while. I think that if we ask Billy Lucci, he would agree. It is the hypocrisy of calling out A&M for doing it. Not that they're going to deny doing it. I've not met any A&M people that just flat out say, oh, yeah, this would never happen it's, here. It's nearly a compliment. things don't go on. Yeah. So because that's, you, you're, you're viewed as a threat of saving saying it publicly. I mean, I'm triggered just reading this right <laughs> now. So it definitely works for A&M fans. Would Vanderbilt fans be triggered, Chad, based on the response here? Oh, Vanderbilt fans would list their accomplishments in bowling and their college baseball national titles, all of that. They, they'd go right into that. The uh, fan base is triggered here sports. sports. Yeah. Sports that we're talking about at Saturday Down South – is football and sometimes men's basketball. Those are the sports that make the money. Those are the sports they're talking about. This is the funniest one. 
It's great. If you're just giving a one-word description of uh, something that triggers it, a fan base, sports. Well, their fan is base a great though answer. would want. Yeah, it's the attention to sports. It's the lack of detail or care from the powers at be that. Well, it's also I'm going to give it, I'm going to give Vandy a compliment here. They're, they're trying to change it. It's a compliment to their school. It's the most elite academic school in the SEC. So they're always going to fall back on, uh, you know, you're going to be serving me fries one day because you went to X state school and I'm a Vandy fan, right? Mm -hmm. That's always going to be the comeback by them. Oh, we're, we're concerned about finding a cure for cancer while you guys are concerned about your outside linebacker rotation. Yeah. That's the Vandy response to everything. So what would trigger them? A diss about sports. And that's why this is the perfect one. I have no, no complaints with that one for Vandy. Auburn – Triggered by Brian Harson? Is it is, is it because of the hate? Like the the they're mocked for even hiring him, or is it the fact that they hired him? I, I think I don't think saying? it's like, Brian. How do you view it? No, it? The fans hate the fact that they I even brought they in Boise. I think coach? they hate Brian Harson more than anything. I, I would say this would be a similar trigger to A and M. That Auburn's a big time cheating program. I think that's what would trigger their fan base because what would they do? They would do the same thing A&M does, point, for the, in their case, up the road to Alabama and say, oh, we cheat? Okay, we've been caught a bunch. And Auburn is a victim of we're the smaller program in the state, fan base-wise. We have to do whatever it takes to compete with Alabama. And to do that, you got to get your hands dirty. This, That's this, been their history. There will be a new answer next year if Vegas odds point to Heisman winner Bo Nix. If Harvey Updike wasn't dead, they probably would have gone with that one. That's that one, one or the unbeaten year that they're not the t the, in the championship. Yeah, Carnell Cadillac Williams that season. That There you go. 2004. Uh, for Arkansas, is the biggest trigger Chad Morris, Chad, knowing Chad's the way you do? I don't think so. I, honestly, I think it's sort of lazy on this list part to just list one coach because every program's had a really bad coach or someone that spurned them or did something. Um, I, I don't think it's that with I Arkansas. It, I think it's just being overlooked. I, I, I would say if you want to go coaching, I'd say Bobby Petrino's neck brace as a triggering thing to say or talk or, about. Or with still Arkansas. talking about past coaches instead of the one that fits perfectly in Sam Pittman. Maybe that's that's too long of a response there for this graphic. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one that I've I've heard from Arkansas fans a lot. If you say bottom half of the SEC is as a program, that will trigger them for Georgia. Is it that Bama's wide receivers were hurt, and that's why, what that's why Georgia ended up taking them down and surpassing them? Jameson yes. Williams tears his ACL. That's it. That's a good one. Tennessee. That, that's a good one. The the response here for biggest trigger is Kiffin. I think Kiffin could it'll hold a parade in Knoxville. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's that. I, I I think it would be something Florida related. Um, Tennessee fans will know this name. Jabbar Gaffney comes to mind. The, now, the catch, no catch in 2000 that should have uh, been a Tennessee win in that game. I think Kiffin carrying the that. golf ball into the presser, though, after that game. Is, yeah. That's, you know, but you still bring. But Kiffin, mustard. though, is a weird sort of figure for because I know a ton of Tennessee fans that like yeah. secretly love Kiffin. Yeah. I still mean, to this day, they had a petition to bring him back. Could just be 98, too. It's, just, I mean, it's good that it lights a flame because some hate and some love in the Tennessee fan base, but it's not universal. I know plenty of people that uh, well, actually secretly kind of like Kiffin. It was near universal prior to Josh Heupel arriving. 
Yeah, now there's less concern. Yeah, now you can hate Because you. Tennessee just had a season where they were better than Ole Miss for the entire season. Uh, and UK, biggest trigger for the football fan base is that it's a basketball school. I think that and uh, making fun of Kroger Field. Oh, that's a great response. Being made fun of as um, a grocery store, uh, which, by the way, it's funny. Tennessee announced today that they now have a Food City sponsorship at Thompson Bowling Arena. And a buddy of mine sent a text and said, but can we still make fun of Kroger Field? <laughs> and I said, yeah. because this Better is known uh, yeah. as K. Roger Field yeah. uh, for those that want to point at Kentucky. It's a basketball good exercise. School, basketball school is a great trigger, though, uh, I, because that's how it's viewed, not just yeah. by Calipari, but everyone else. It's a fun exercise. I'd encourage, if you're a fan of a different conference, to do that with your conference. Also Same triggers thing. their head coach. Think about sure. it. Back yeah. at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. Hot Mike with Adam Withrow across the Outkick Network.